0: The people are all abuzz about Zeke's arrest, but I can't allow myself to stew, because I need all my strength and courage to help dear Essie and her children, who are floundering so. Even though Essie is holding fast to her newfound faith, she also seems to be holding her breath about Zeke. We all are, really, because what one person may be found guilty of affects us all. I am presently holding my breath, too, counting the days till my six-month promise ends. Then I can pick up where I left off with easel and paintbrush, even though my first responsibility is being a mother's helper to my dear friend. So for now, I keep myself busy, reading up for Essie, along with the filthy chore of slopping Zeke's hogs. It's survival of the fittest most days, with the biggest pigs lining up first around the trough the smallest ones constantly blocked by the fattest ones. A lesson in the demise of the confident, for it is the fattest that gets slaughtered first. In addition to that, I manage to put in two days each week at my ronk cousins, who have clearly upped their fervor for witnessing since Essie's shunning from the people and since I left home to stay with her. "'Irvin and Julia see me as another lost soul "'ripe for the picking, as does Essie. "'No doubt about that. "'As for Ben Martin, "'someone came along and snatched up the job "'at the harness shop, "'freeing Ben to leave for his home in Kentucky,' "'according to Julia. "'She says her husband, Irvin, "'plans to keep in touch with him. "'Despite Ben's departure, "'my life has not returned to normal,' Truth be known, thoughts about Ben often keep me awake at night. Daydreams distract me too, images I tend to will into existence by my forbidden yearnings, intermixed as they are with my sadness at having sent Ben away. Still I try to remember what the good book says. Blessed are they that mourn, for they shall be comforted. From Romans, chapter 8, verse 33. Who shall lay anything to the charge of God's elect? It is God that justifieth. Chapter 1. A meditative haze parted and soon began to dissipate as a May sunrise spilled onto dogwood blossoms, white, pale, and deep pinks. An early morning rain had dimpled the dirt on the shoulder of Frogtown Road, populated now with pecking wrens and robins. At the reins in the Hochstedtler buggy, Annie Zook breathed in the tranquility, aware of plentiful insects and thick green grass, fresh paint on fences, and a new Martin birdhouse at Lapp's Dairy Farm. Clicking her tongue to speed the pace, she leaned forward in the seat, grateful for Zeke's fast horse, as it was a good long walk between Essie's house and Dad's. Only four days had come and gone since she had impulsively packed up her belongings and gone to Esther Hochstetler's, so Annie was surprised to experience a sudden twinge as she made the turn toward her father's house. "'Am I homesick already?' She wondered if Yoni, her 19 year old brother, would be at home when she arrived. I miss the rascal, she thought. Taking in the vibrant springtime colors, she longed more than ever to immerse herself in art once again. I want to paint my bow. But Ben was no longer that, and their breakup was all her own doing hers and Dad's. I never should have written that goodbye letter, she thought. Yet she had done so to obey her father. Her separation from Ben was cause for ongoing sorrow. Thankfully, Esther wasn't one to ask questions, even when tears sprang unexpectedly to Annie's eyes. She had come awful close to blurting out her beloved's name upon awakening one morning, only to grit her teeth, forcing down the aching lump in her throat speaking his name even in the private space of her room away from home would not have hurt a thing but she never knew what little ones might be roaming the hallway and she didn't trust herself to even breathe his name lest she be overtaken with grief or was it pure foolishness